0: Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at kuci.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified State bar trainer for over 25 years. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning?
1: Well, Lloyd, today our show really is about how not to suffer in life. And, you know, I was just talking with our wonderful guests about when we talk about fighting for love, turn conflict into intimacy, which is the name of our show, we really are talking about. Love is really why we suffer. If we don't love ourselves, if we don't have feel loved from others, we do suffer. And so I thought this wonderful book that I've been reading would be great to talk about. It's called Suffering is Optional, Step Out of Darkness into the Light by Michelle Nagel. And let me tell you a little bit about our, our wonderful guest. Uh, Michelle Nagel is a transformational trainer an international speaker, the president and founder of Soul Shift Inc., and a certified Jack Canfield Success Principles trainer. And he's great. We love him. Uh, Michelle has been leading workshops for over 15 years. And she empowers people to take responsibility for their own health and their own well-being. And she offers tools for creating positive life changes. And that is so beautiful. That's really what we need, all of us, is positive life changes in our lives. So thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us from Oregon. Beautiful place. Thank you very much. It is. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, what is it that led you to write this book, Suffering is Optional?
0: Well, I have had several clients through the years and I have my training is as a master herbalist and people would come and they wanted to try some different ways of healing themselves but they wouldn't get well even if they followed all the protocol even if they went to a doctor and did everything the doctor wanted them to do they still wouldn't get well and what the underlying component is to whether they were able to heal or not, was their emotional state. And that, if you are in a positive emotional state, then you're able to heal. If you are in a negative emotional state, you can't. And so I had gone through this process myself. I have uh, a background of uh, childhood abuse, and I needed to get the darkness out of my own soul. And when I figured out how to do that, then I realized that there's a lot of people who need some some guidance and some help and and some hope yes. and realize that they don't have to suffer
1: yeah and you know I've been doing a lot of research myself on the brain and emotional intelligence and people sometimes think that their emotions are real in terms of that is reality and they think that they're you know they allow their emotions to rule them instead of them recognize their emotions and changing their thoughts and people think mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, wow, what do you mean change my thoughts?" <laughs> they right. they don't understand that they have the power to change their thoughts. It's not always so easy when we have a lot of this stuff that's unconscious, right? It's like right. it's it's hidden, but um, it's so important. So, let's talk about why you say that suffering is really optional.
0: The one thing that we have absolute control over is ourselves we have and if we accept a hundred percent responsibility for the control over ourselves and which is really speaking about what's inside of us our thoughts our feelings um, do we allow our brain to just run off and you know think of the worst case scenario at all times or Do we ruminate and just keep dragging over a a negative experience that may have happened to us and just keep reliving it and, and, you know, going through it so many times? If you choose not to do that, you can make a choice. The one thing you have choice and control over is what you think about. So if you choose to look at experiences in your life as a growing opportunity or a learning opportunity or even a, man, I'll never do that again, then it's an optional thing as to whether or not it actually causes you to suffer.
1: Right. The older I get, the more I realize that every experience that we have is really a lesson for us in one way or another, and so when bad things happen or difficult, challenging things happen in my life, I go, okay, all right, what am I supposed to learn from this? There must be some, I know it's going to have a silver lining, and I have to tell my clients when they're all upset about things, I go, you know what, this is a blessing in disguise. I know you don't see it that way, but look at how you're growing from it, look at the new uh, opportunities that are coming from this, it's not always easy to do that when you're really down in the dark, like you were talking about, right?
0: No, no, it really isn't. But if I were to say to you, I've seen a picture of you, so I know that you're beautiful. Oh, I to say, if I were to say, <laughs> say Mary, you really have to do something about that wart on the end of your nose, it mm-hmm. makes you look like a witch. Right. And you know, I would be so embarrassed if I were to go around town with a wart on my nose that's as big as the one that you have. How would you feel about that?
1: I would feel terrible at first. You know, I'd say, "Oh my God, I better do something about that." But I think more realistically, since I don't have one, I worry about the wrinkles that show up in these pictures. So <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that one. Okay. That's a real. That's yeah. a reality of someone. Said, oh, you got these wrinkles? I'd. Say, I think I would say. Oh, okay, yeah, so what can I do about that? <laughs> I think okay. I you know, but I think I would be influenced by what someone says. I mean, then I'd have to kind of dig mm-hmm. it inside, but, um, mm-hmm. I think it would kind of you know, be like a kick in the gut for a minute, don't you think? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. For a moment, you probably would think, oh my goodness, did something grow in the last two minutes while I wasn't looking? And right. you may need to pull your <laughs> mirror out and go, oh, I don't have a wart on the end of my nose. Right. So once once you step back into the complete confidence that you don't have a wart on the end of your nose, mm. then that changes the way that you look at me. So nobody can shame us without our permission. Right. Nobody can make us feel bad without our permission. And I, I've heard that all my life, and I used to think, yeah, right. <laughs> but now I really I really understand it because if I feel good about myself and if I have complete and absolute knowledge that there is not a word on my nose, and that makes me think that you're totally out to lunch <laughs> and I'm still okay. So, it's a choice as to whether or not we choose to internalize what people say to us. If, if we're not feeling good about ourselves, then the first thing we start thinking about is, oh, my, there must be something wrong with me. Like, when I asked you about the wart on your nose, the first thing you thought about was your wrinkles. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> right, right on. Uh-oh, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if you if you feel confident in yourself, though, if you feel confident that you are a good person and that um, all things are are going well and that you're doing the very best that you can, nobody else can make you feel bad about yourself.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think it's easier when you don't know the people that well, because you figure, consider the source. I remember as a kid when people would say something mean to me, and I would tell my mom when I was a little girl, she would say, consider the source. That's what they're, you know, if someone is mean, that means they have a lot of self-meanness toward themselves. That's why they're doing this to you, which really Mm -hmm. helped me, you know, then sometimes I have seen that even with my clients, I tell them, look, if they're that nasty, then they have a lot of discomfort inside them that they have to do this to you, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so that right. that helps. You know, when you change your thinking about certain things, then those things change. <laughs> but, you right. know, I do think it's harder when you're someone you really love. Let me give you an example my daughter and son are very close, very close. My son is older and he gets kind of critical. And so when he tells my daughter, she, you know, they're already older. My son is in his 30s. My daughter and her late, who, who, who young, she just turned 31. <laughs> And he's um, like thirty six. So, um, when he tells her something, because they're so close, they grew up together. It was a really tight relationship. When he says something to her, that's you know you should be doing this, and you aren't doing that. You you know how could you be doing this? It, it really hurts more than if somebody that is a stranger says it to her because she, you know, it's like if my husband were to say something really hurtful to me, it would be far worse than somebody that I don't know that I don't respect or don't care about. So I think it's mm-hmm. harder when, for example, when you're married and your husband or your wife tells you things that is, you know, that's harder to live with because they are there with you all the time.
0: Right. Don't Nobody you can hurt you like family can.
1: Right. <laughs> yes. So that's yes, a little bit. Har- yeah, it's a little bit harder to say. Oh, you know, I know who I am. I one of the things that that I have taught my daughter to do, and I try and do, is just to say, "Ouch, that really hurts." You know, when you say something like that to me, I feel really bad. So why mm-hmm. are you saying that, you know, or mm-hmm. help me understand what's going on. Why are you saying something like that and really talk about it?
0: Right, and if you can actually say that to a person, um, I use that technique with my husband sometimes um, when he may say something and it's a little painful. Um, depending on how cranky I am at the moment, <laughs> I may say, did you really intend to be a jerk? Um, but right. sometimes sometimes I'm able to just put it a little more carefully it's like you know that was a really hurtful thing to say is that the way you intended it and it isn't the way he intends it Uh, as humans we just have so many challenges communicating with each other even in an intimate relationship where I mean, your son and your daughter have known each other their entire lives and so you would think by now that they would know how to communicate with each (laughs) other but it just doesn't work that way So, the best thing to do, instead of assuming that somebody is hurting you intentionally, is just ask them, did you intend to hurt me like that? Right. And that will open up the opportunity for a conversation. They may be completely oblivious and probably are.
1: Yes, yeah. And it's it's important, and the tone of voice of how you say it too, because I said if I would say, "Did you did you want to hurt me like that?" Then I, that's it sounds aggressive. But if I would say, "Gee, I'm really hurt. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering why you said that, or did did you really mean it that way?" I'm you know, that 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 mm-hmm. softer tone will help people to engage in discussions. You know, but. Uh, Right. It's not always easy. Now, tell us a little bit about your journey. I know the in the very beginning of the book you talk about your journey. Would you share a little bit with my audience and how you were able to overcome the pain that you experienced?
0: Yes. As I mentioned earlier, I was born into an abusive family, and um, I grew up believing a whole bunch of really negative things about myself—that I was worthless that I was ugly, um, that my only purpose in life was to have babies and take care of my husband, um, and a, just a whole bunch of things that, that really just tore up my soul. I felt like I had no worth and no value at all. So when somebody would tell me that, for example, I was a child of God, I'm going, yeah, right, sure, because I didn't feel it. I didn't believe it. Right. And so, um, so when I had my daughter... Um, she was just such a beautiful, precious, priceless gift to me. And I began to notice that I would have this rage that would come up inside of me, that would frighten me, that and I was afraid that I might harm her. So I, would, I put her safely in her room, closed the door, and went and made a phone call and said, I need some help, because I was so terrified that I was going to hurt her. Right. So that began my journey of, I need to protect her, and I started the journey to trying to figure out, why do I do the things I do? And I spoke with a wonderful psychologist, and she said, you do that because that's the way you were taught. And it's perfectly normal for you to be doing those things because that's all you know. Mm -hmm. And I was just so grateful for that gift of understanding that I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't bad, that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't all these horrible things that I can think about myself, but that I had been trained that way and taught that way. And it was possible to change the way I felt and the way I um, behaved. And so that started a journey of study, and I began studying, and I began taking courses. And when I finally got to the point where I was able to get rid of all of that emotional blackness and garbage that I was carrying around inside of myself, I was able to look around and see that I wasn't the only one who had that kind of stuff inside me. Yeah. That that there are many people, especially women, who... Believe that they are not as important or not as valuable as somebody else, or maybe not important or valuable at all. That they have nothing to contribute. That um, that it's painful to be them. I mean, when you when you wake up in the morning and instead of putting on your makeup, you have to put on this mask in order to be able to face the day. Mm. That is that is just so tragic, and you don't have to live your life that way. There is hope, and there's a way that you can learn that you are priceless. You are precious, just because you are you.
1: And, Michelle, it was so beautiful that you had that mindfulness. You know, some people just react, but you felt that scary feeling that you might hurt your precious baby, And you brought it to a conscious level and you went, oh, my God, you know, um, you have to get to that point where you're not just reacting to the old stimuli. You have to question, you know, you really have to be mindful. And we're not always so mindful to really recognize what's going on. I've been, you know, I've been teaching classes on mindfulness (laughs) and I meditate, I do all these things because... I know it's really all coming from me, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and like you were right. saying before, the only person that you can change is yourself and that's hard enough. But that's right. beautiful that you had that mindfulness and that you learned that you can change. You know, they say children learn what they live. We all had some kind of craziness in our upbringing and mm-hmm. um and so we learned what we lived, and then we have to relearn things, right? Right. Uh,
0: yes. And it is the possibility and the prospect of recognizing and even hoping for a moment that you can change your life, you can change the programming that you have received, for some people is, is so freeing. Just hang on to the hope for a moment. That you don't have to live your life the way it is. That you have the power to change it. And mindfulness is absolutely what we need. Uh, if we are, if we just take a moment to breathe, and if you have had a traumatic experience or someone who has treated you badly, do you really want to treat somebody else that way? Do you, is it, I mean, do you want them to feel the pain that you're feeling? Do you want to just move that on so that they have to feel that way too? Most of us don't because we're good people in our hearts and we don't want to hurt anybody else. So the mindfulness is extremely important in absolutely everything that we do. And also recognizing that if you're feeling like nobody loves you, because that's all we want as humans, is we want to be loved and accepted and nurtured, the best person to do that for you is you. right.
1: And sometimes we are so self-critical and we judge ourselves you know we have that that inner critic that inner judge that that inner accuser <laughs> You know, when I was a mm-hmm. kid growing up they used to have these cartoons and on one shoulder, I don't know if you remember them, on one shoulder there'd be the little angel uh, okay. and then the other shoulder yep. would be the devil and the angel would say, mm-hmm. Yes, you're good. Do this, do this and the and the devil would say, Don't do it. You don't care about that person you know <laughs> And it's like right. I think we, we you know, unfortunately we have those in us and we have to like say, Okay, who's gonna be who's gonna be the one to win out? You know? The right. Little angel or the yeah. little devil, right?
0: <laughs> right. Who do you choose to listen to? Yes.
1: Exactly. So, you know, some people say, oh, time heals all wounds. What do you think about that one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I, haven't, I have a rather strong opinion about that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> time doesn't heal all wounds. Um, and the reason it doesn't is, is because our body is. A biologic organism. And if something happens to injure it, decay and, you know, the bad stuff happens if you don't take care of it. So if you get a wound and you don't take care of it, even sometimes if it's just a paper cut and you think, eh, no big deal, then it starts to hurt because it wanted to be fixed. All you had to do is maybe put something on it and it wouldn't have gotten an, an infection. But it does because that's what the body does. And we have a tendency to take our emotions and separate them, put them over in the corner somewhere and pretend that we don't have them. And if you have an emotional trauma that you don't actively work towards healing it, then it's just going to sit in the corner and fester and get worse and cause other problems. So it's actually a healing is an active process that we have to consciously... And with um, a determined mind, take care of. So, if you have a conflict with someone, and you choose to ignore the conflict, it's not going to go away. No. It will always be there. Right. So it needs to be actively resolved.
1: Yep. It, it's so true, and it, it, I love the analogy of your body, you know, like if you get a cut and and then it festers, you could get septicemia and die from the thing, <laughs> and, um, right. you know, I mean, this, this it's enough. To kill us, you know, emotionally, if we don't deal with it. But, you know, I know people who say, "Oh, you know, I forgot about that years ago." But you know that they haven't, because it comes out right. insidiously, right? They go, "Oh, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not mad about that." And then you go, "Wait a minute, you know," mm-hmm. I, and you don't want to, you know, fight with them about it. But you, you know darn well that it was such a painful wound that they keep you know covering it up and covering it up but then it comes out insidiously
0: all over the place so so mm-hmm. exactly so. and they can tell you every nuance and detail of <laughs> the experience so yeah it's not gone it's still there
1: yeah i hear that all the time in mediation you know Oh, well, I I let that go, and I go, really? Oh, you did let that go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) sure, tell me more about it. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about, like, the forgiveness and the unforgiveness, and I tell people, well, you know what? When you forgive, you don't forget, but... You give up all of those resentments and all of those the anger and all of those nasty emotions, and you—that's what you give up. You don't give up, you know, remembering because that's how you learn. But um, right, exactly. So, so let's talk about uh, some steps that people can take. I'm sure everyone listening to this has some wound that is somewhere in their conscious or their unconscious. So let's say it comes to, um, you know, to the forefront. What are some steps that we can take um, to heal those deep traumas?
0: Well, one of the um, best exercises that I have used myself and also had my clients use is having a conversation with a chair. If, you were, if you're in conflict with somebody, whether they're alive or dead, because it even works if the person has moved on, if you take a picture or maybe something that belonged to them or that reminds you of them, and you put it in a chair, and then you just offload. You say every horrible, terrible thing that you ever wanted to say to that person, and you just let it all hang out. And the, the beauty about doing it to a chair is that, so, say I feel, felt that way about something that my husband had done, and I just offload. Well, if I were to offload on my husband, that would be damaging. That would be horrible. Be, that would damage our relationship. Right. That would damage him. It would damage me. And so I can go quietly into my room when he's not around and do this offload, and it helps me tremendously and doesn't harm him at all. So that's why I recommend that, that my clients do this. Um, you then offload all of the negative stuff. And also, we're too polite. There are things that you might want to say to somebody that you're too polite to say. Well, don't, you don't need to be polite to this chair. You can tell the <laughs> chair anything you want to tell it. And then after you, you have offloaded and you feel the incredible freedom from not having all those pent-up emotions anymore, then you tell them what you would have liked them to do, what you wanted them to do, what you had hoped that they would do in that circumstance. And then when you tell them that, then you can kind of just let go of it, and then you can say, I'm really sorry that we had this conflict, and I'm so sorry that we have this pain between us. But now I choose to forgive you and let it go. And you have to say those words, I choose to forgive you. I choose to let it go. Because choice is incredibly powerful. That's how people forgive. You truly forgive somebody when you choose to do it. It's a conscious choice.
1: Right, and when you do that, um, it's they say any unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. So you know, you when you have that, like a big bag on your shoulder, it it destroys you. The only thing I would add to that, Michelle, is once you've unloaded and you say, you know, I am sorry that we had this conflict. One of the things that I do, is you know, from my profession, is to say, okay, so now tell when you talked about tell what you would have liked to be able to tell that person. You know, I was hurt when you said this. I really would like you to talk to me in this way. Can you do that in the future? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, it may repeat again and again, and and you haven't really gotten to the crux of. How the changes that you want to see in the future you know
0: absolutely that that works well if you have um if you're able to have a conversation with with somebody who's living um right. <laughs> that well,
1: maybe you can talk to them yeah. when they're on the other side too and just say, "Hey, you <laughs> yeah. know I really would have <laughs> yes, liked you exactly. to do this." <laughs>
0: Right. Well, that's part, of the, that's part of the thing that you go through is, this is what I would have liked from you. Yes. Um, I have a client who had a picture of her mother that she had discovered again, and she put it up in, on her wall in her office. And she was called me, and she said, I just can't get my head in. I just cannot get my work done. I'm so scattered. I just, I don't feel well. So I went to visit her, and I said, oh, I just knew where'd that come from. And she said, oh, I just found it, and I put it up there. And I said, well, tell me about your relationship <laughs> with your mother. And this, this mother had passed away. And so she told me about the relationship with her mother, and I just sat there and watched her. And she's going, oh, my gosh, she's still doing it to me. <laughs> I said, yeah, absolutely. So I had her take it down and have the conversation with the, with the chair, with the picture in the chair, mm-hmm. and that picture no longer hangs in her um, in her office. The picture is now in the closet. So, when other things come up, she can drag it out of the closet, put it in <laughs> the chair, in and continue the conversation. Yes. That's beautiful.
1: Well, that's a great way to end with a little bit of levity. I just want to tell everybody that uh, we've been talking here with our wonderful um, writer, author, Michelle Nagel, and she wrote, Suffering is Optional Step Out of Darkness and Into the Light. Do you want to just give your website, and then it's time to go, Michelle?
0: Yes, thank you. My website is www. Dot and
1: that's S O U L S H I F T. So thank you. Yes. We will keep an time. eye in front
0: of it. Yes,
1: I shift. Yes, I, yep, yeah, perfect. I don't want to get people all <laughs> messed up again. Let's just, just say it once more. I,
0: I, Soul Shift.
1: I, soul Shift. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, and we'll have you again. Bye bye. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI. Org on the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Oh, blind and dead do be the lunch, be the lion's roar Cause love is worth fighting for, i know new, Love is worth fighting for Love is worth fighting for